2: Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. I said it right off the top of the show, Kyle. I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but I'm uncomfortable. You're disconcerted. I, I don't like the tone. The tone is weird. It's not that I think something's wrong. It's that someone who I think I know moderately well is not acting like him or herself. And when that happens, you feel uncomfortable and you want to reach out. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You're not acting like yourself. The Giants aren't acting like themselves right now. One line email, press conference has been postponed. Well, what happened? Silence. It's a weird vibe. Alex Pavlovich, our Giants insider. This is a little out of character, right? Like, Am I, am I wrong for thinking, what, what's going on here?
3: It is unusual. Um, I think, you know, a lot of this is not unusual in terms of like the silence and and things like that. I mean, they haven't even announced yet that Correa was the one technically who was going to be introduced today, you know? So I think that part is not unusual, but certainly it is unusual. This is the first time I can remember, uh, in my time covering the team that, you know, three hours before a press conference, they have to postpone it. So, um, we don't know a whole lot right now, but yeah, it's not ideal.
1: What's weirder, the late cancellation, or the late postponement, I should say, or the fact that this email came just so, like like Mark was saying, it's one line, there's no Giants letterhead on it, it feels very, very thrown together?
3: I don't, I, I'm not weirded out by the second part. I mean, this is an organization that, you know, they, they like their uh, silence. I, I think they like things to be kept in-house, they prefer you know, in, in their ideal world, they would, you know, they're trying to be like the Braves a little bit and that you get that press release and all of a sudden, you know, that's when they announce that they signed somebody. Obviously, as reporters, we we try our best to beat them to it um, and get information out there. But I, I think in an ideal world, they probably wouldn't have had this out there for the last week that, uh, that they had signed him. So that part doesn't weird me out. Um, I think, you know, just Again, just going back to the fact that it was postponed, I mean that they were planning to have a big press conference at eleven A. M. And uh so that the fact that three hours beforehand they had to push everything back, um, is is probably the more concerning part.
2: Yeah, so Alex Pavlovich with us. Is is there any rational reason for a Giants fan to think something, you know, something large in in a negative sense has taken place?
3: <laughs> I mean, they're doing it on Twitter, so right. they're gonna they're gonna do it anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, you just don't know something like this. So I think the weird thing too is like we've it, it's you know your first thought is probably COVID, right? Like you've, the last few years with the way everything's gone, like you go, oh yeah, something being out of out of uh, um, out of the norm is is not out of the norm anymore. So um, that I, I think is is you know that's probably not the best case scenario, but I think that would be. Easier for a lot of people. It's, it's more understandable. Um, I think the concern probably most people have right now is that he took his physical yesterday. And, uh, this is a guy who has at times missed time in his career. And, um, so there's probably, you know, I think there's a good reason that people are, are concerned from that aspect of it because he has missed time in his career. Now I'll, I'll say he's played a lot the last three years. And, and even if you go back to the, the shortened season, he played 58 games. He's played 148 and 136. Since then, I mean, I know there's been some injury concern with him, but nothing too major. Um, but again, when a guy takes the physical and when it's for $350 million, it's going to be the most intense physical you can ever take. Like, yeah, there's probably some people who were holding their breath yesterday as he did that.
2: Um, so, Alex, you know, you speak of what people are already doing on Twitter. I wanted to ask you this as well. Let's go back to when the news broke that Carlos Correa was coming, because everything I'm sure that you would would get on a daily basis was all about negativity, you missed out on Judge, they're cheapskates, and then poof. <laughs> there's, then there's this deal. How did that change your social media interactions with Giants fans?
3: Um, I read more of my mentions, I guess, because it wasn't as bad as it, as it was in November and early December. I, I think people are generally excited and Um, you know, it's not Aaron judge. It's not Bryce Harper. It's it's not Shohei Otani, but it's a big deal. And he is somebody who would be the face of the franchise here. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a different kind of experience. I think it's not as like kind of visceral as just watching a guy hit 62 home runs or, uh, but he is somebody who I think, you know, any Giants fans who are not just over the moon about this last week, I, I think would buy in pretty quickly once the season started and just once they watch him play shortstop and watch the way he goes through a bat and and all that. But, yeah, people, I I think, are generally happy. And for me, the biggest thing is, you know, it would have been, as much as um, I like a lot of the other additions they make, it would have been a really, really disappointing offseason if there was no centerpiece for it. So the fact that now Handiger is, like, the second bat and that, you know, the pitching is in addition to Carlos Correa, I think that made it a lot easier
1: for people. Do you think that's also why there wasn't such a like negative? It felt like through the whole offseason, every player that signed elsewhere, there was this big negative reaction from Giants fans. But then Carlos Rodon signs with the Yankees, and there wasn't really uh, a peep. Do you think that that had to do with the length of that deal, or because they had signed Correa, it was like, okay, they, they did what they needed to do this offseason?
3: Oh, I, I saw some peeps. I saw <laughs> but, um, <laughs> no, no I, I think people understood that that, look, this is, the way they built their pitching staff, and that is, uh, I'm a big fan of Carlos on the field, and uh, I, I think, you know, for the Yankees, that's a great move, um, because for them, it's not, you know, they, they kind of splash money a little bit more, but uh, I think when people look at the contract, a lot, most people are just like, yeah, those things generally do not work out. I mean, you have Max Scherzer, you have maybe Zach Wheeler, um, a few other examples, but in general, when you're talking long-term deals for starting pitchers, they don't work out. And I, I do think the one thing that the front office has done and this coaching staff has done is that as much as maybe there is some disappointment and, or some grumbling about, um, you know, platoons and the lack of stars and the lack of spending at times until this off season, I, I think they've shown that they're as good as anybody at going and getting pitchers and, and figuring out the rotation. And they, you know, they have a good track record of that. And for me, they've earned that trust. And, and so that is, um, I know it's disappointing when a Gosman leaves town or a Rodon leaves town, and and the kind of thinking is, well, you know, you helped him reach new heights, now let him stay, but um, they have a really good track record of moving on quickly, and and, you know, ultimately these contracts aren't going to hurt too much.
2: Alex, I know there's no major moves left. Are there any moves left? Is there an A.J. Pollock? Is there an Eric Hosmer? Um, what, what, What do you think is still on the table for the
3: Giants? Yeah, for me, I mean... I generally think they're set at first base. If you kind of look at who they have and assuming Craig is figured out and, um, you do move Crawford and like, I, I think you're, you're totally fine there at first base between Flores and, and, uh, you know, JD Davis, David VR, Wilmot well, Wade Jr. Will, will probably place in first base as well. Um, but for me, I, I look at center field and they've even said this going back to the winter meetings and going back to, after they lost out on Judge, Mike Yastrinski can play center field. It's a nice luxury for them. At worst case, they can move him over there and feel like he'll be fine in center field. They would really like if they can move him to right field. And I think in a perfect offseason, the rest of this offseason, they would go get somebody who can really go get it in center field and really improve that defense up the middle and move Yastrinski back to right field where he's, you know, a gold glove caliber right fielder. You have Mitch Hanager in left where he should be very good. Um, and then, you know, that that would kind of make everything else fit better. But, you know, you look at the free agent market, there's not a lot there. So that would have to be a trade.
1: Alex, is Brandon Crawford just going to be the everyday third baseman now?
3: I would be surprised if, if that's the case. I mean, we, you know, we know what they do with platoons. And, and for me, and you know, everything I've heard, they haven't really kind of finalized what this is going to look like, other than that Correa will be a shortstop. Um, I actually think if it was something he was up for and it was something that, that, uh, he wanted to do, if you could have him go back and forth between, between second, third, and even short, cause there's gonna be 40, 50 starts there, probably, you know, at least 30 or 40, no matter what Correa does. If you could have him play all three of those positions, and having watched him for a decade, there's no reason to me why he couldn't pretty easily pick up all three of those, the other two positions. Like, it kinda makes everything work, cause you have a right-handed hitter at second base in Estrada, you have two right-handers right now at, at third base and Davis, in VR and Crawford can go back and forth like that's kind of a perfect swing piece, and he can he can play almost every day somewhere. But I, I don't think they've gotten that far down the
1: line yet. Mm.
2: Alex, uh, you mentioned the uh, the free agency options in center field are not good. So when are you breaking the Brian Reynolds trade news?
3: <laughs> that would be yeah, that'd be one way to, to make some news today if, if they don't do with Correa. Uh, yeah, I think there there's interest there. You know, the price is extremely high, and it's. It's something they could probably get done and it does become interesting when you have somebody like, like Correa because your top prospect is a shortstop. Um, you know, there's a little bit less value for you as an organization when that guy's a shortstop because you know, you probably have to move him, but another organization can look at him and go, he could be our shortstop. Although I don't know if Pittsburgh if that would be the case given what they have, but, um, yeah, I, I think there's interest there. Uh, I just think everything I've heard is the price currently is, is very, very, very high.
2: Alex, uh, thanks for jumping in. I know it's a uh, what was supposed to be a newsy day, and now we're all just sitting here. So uh, <laughs> thanks for filling in your 11 o'clock time slot with us instead.
3: Yeah, we would be 13 minutes into a Carlos Correa press conference right now.
2: Let's so. be honest. You'd actually still be waiting for him to show up. God, I hope not. I <laughs> know. I know. <laughs> Alex, yeah,
1: thanks, thanks, man. Happy nice, holidays, Alex. buddy.
2: Okay. Take it easy. All right, there he goes. Alex Pavlovich, our Giants insider.